Hey, Boker Tov. Today's stuff is stuff Samach in Gittin. Last line of page, Shochu Bnei Galil, Rav Chelbo. The people from the Galilee, the Galilean sent a message to Rav Chelbo, Achareyen Bikarun. Yesterday we learned we have the coin levied in Yisrael. And we kept it in that order. Explain if there's no coin, what you do, then it's all broken. If there's no lady, the same coin reads a second time. Well, he said, what, you, what happens afterwards? Like, who gets Ravi, Hamishi, etc.? Lo So if didn't know the halacha, he didn't, he didn't have an answer. Also, Vishal Rabbi came and he asked Rabbi Yitzchak Nafchi, First, what you do is the chosh of a people. The 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 Chacham, who is the leader of the tzibur, he's the communal leader. And afterwards, you have the Chacham who are not the leaders, but they are fit to be leaders. They're they're, they're like waiting in the wings. Afterwards, you 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 give the alias to the children of the Chacham who are leaders. Afterwards, you give to the president of the shul, the head of the shuls. The Cholarim and everybody else. And as you go down the line, it's not clear who gets what. Today there's Min Minhogim, Shishi is more Chashiv by the Chasidim, Shlishi by the uh, Misnagdim, etc. Different uh, difference have different Chashivas, but a lot of that's is just by custom. We don't hold by this. Shochu ben Eikahul Rav Chalbo. You know, there's some people hold it more than others. You know, there's, there's uh, some people hold of it, some people don't. So it's, uh, it's uh, different Minhogim. The, bene, the people from, the, again, the Galileans sent Rav Chalbo another question, even though he didn't answer the first one. Are you allowed to read in the Torah from a Chumash? A Chumash means where you don't have the whole, say, all five books of this, in one scroll. They only had scrolls in those days, but let's say they only had a separate scroll for Bracious and a second one for Shmos. Are you allowed to read from their basic classes in the Shul B'Tzibur? And are you allowed to read Motzi B'Tzibur? from a Chumash like that? And it's not a complete Sefer Torah. It only had one of the books or two of the books. Didn't have the answer to this one either. Before Yitzchak told him what the order is, but when it came to this question, can you read, let's say this week we're reading Truma, can you read it from a, a Chumash or a Torah, a scroll, a Sefer Torah that only has Shmos in it? That's called a Chumash. It's like one-fifth of it. Also, he came and asked them the base. They were him. They decided the question. That Sefer Torah Shachoser Yiriachas Ein Karimbo. If it's missing one column, you can't read from there. Well, this is missing quite a bit. It's missing the other four books of Moses, right? So no, 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 here it's not missing anything, it's just one chumash. It's not missing something within the chumash. So it's not necessarily the same. But still, even though it's not the same, you can't prove from there, Rabbi Yosem Tavar, they still pass an ain't karma chumash mesek nesses, we covered at sea. But the covered at sea is read from the whole Sefer Torah. So if you only have, if it's only got one chumash in it, it's only got shmos, or bayik, or bamid, or dvarm, or braishis, then you don't read from there. Rabbi Yosem Tavar, another thing they said, high say for after us, also make a bait, bishabbos. Many times in the old days, today we all have these uh, Korans, whatever, that's got everything in there, but in the old days, when I was a kid, you would read it from a, uh, a, a, a Chumash that only had the Haftoras. It was just a book, like, just the Haftoras, that's it. 
Are you allowed to read? Ma? And it just has the Aftaros you're allowed for. They say, Sevitar, also the Mikrofa Shabbos. My time, what's the reason? The Lonitan Likosav. Because you're not supposed to write it that way. What does it mean, Lonitan Likosav? Rashi says, You're not supposed to write a whole, got to be a whole nubby. For example, Yirmiyahu or Yechesko or whatever. You've got to write a whole thing. You can't write a parish. You're not supposed to write that down. That's the rule. He can't even talk about it on Shabbos because it's Moksa, my time. Since you're not allowed to read from it, so you're not allowed to use it, it's Moksa. That's not the Allah. Like Moshe says in Minigas today, you're allowed to be metal, you're allowed to carry it, you're allowed to move it, and you're also allowed to read from it. They used to read a Sefer of Agadita on Shabbos. Now we'll get to that idea that it's that that you know Masha Kosuba Torah, the Torah Shabbat is supposed to be written, not supposed to be read al peh, and the Torah Shabbat peh is not supposed to be written. He says, look, Sefer Agarata, Rashi says, is not supposed to also be written because where it says Shumdvar Gemara Halacha Agara, we'll see later on. You're not supposed to write that down, and still they were looking at Sefer that had those like read a Gemara or read a, a story of Agarata on Shabbos. Well, they're not supposed to write them, as we'll see later on. That's why it's called Torah Shabbat. You're not supposed to write it down. Even though, but what happened? Why did why did we have the Torah? Why is the Gemara written down? Because everybody forgot it. That's what they had to write it down. It's impossible. So, so he says, so therefore, since it's impossible, and it's why do you have the Sefer Agadat or Gemara? You're not supposed to write it down, but it's impossible. Because there's a time when you have to break the Torah in order to keep the word of Hashem. To do something for Hashem, you broke the Torah. So here, they went against the Torah, meaning they wrote it down, but otherwise there was no choice. Why do they have a Gemara or a Sefer Agadat? Because it was impossible. Here also it's impossible. In other words, why is it impossible? So write a whole year. Because that was it was very hard for them to write a whole safer of Nach at one shot. Rashi says, um, they can't even write a whole year or a whole chesko or yeshaya. They can't do that. So therefore it's also and therefore, although it's maybe not the nicest thing in the world, you're allowed to read from a safer of Torah that just had Aftar, even though it didn't have a whole safer of Navi in there. That's the psaka. Well, we try to read from a sefer. If we don't even read, the best thing is to write from a, read from a cloth. Most of us don't even read after or from a cloth. I think in the shul now they do read from a cloth. I don't have been there in a long time on Shabbos. They read from a cloth. Some places they try to read from a cloth, but you know you need somebody who's capable of reading from a cloth. But if not, they read from a at least from this Quran that's got the whole the whole uh, Tanakh in there. So that's preferable. But still, if you don't, you could also read from a regular sefer. From regular, some people just have it in their chumash or machs or whatever. Uh, just the afterwards. But we just learned that you're not supposed to write, you're not supposed to read from a Sefer Torah in the shul that's not a complete Sefer Torah with all the five books of Moses. If it's only got one of the books of Moses, they used to, they used to just write one at a time. Like we have a chumash in a, in, in a, you know, in a book form, but they used to make a, a scroll with just bracious or just varim. You're not supposed to read from that in the tzibur. It's improper cover for the tzibur. Not that it's usher to write it, but it's it's Improper covenant. So he asked him this question. Are you allowed to write Ma'alukta Megillah Latinuk Lasamit Ba? Are you allowed to write a Megillah 
And here, the question always is, Megillah partial of Adashal Torah Let's say he just wants to write, you know, when we were kids, they still probably published that. When the kids teach kids in school, they don't have a whole chumash even. They have like a, like a pamphlet, a kuntras, that just has Vayera or Chayesar, whatever they're learning. So you're allowed to write uh, Megillah like that for a Tina to learn from it. And again, writing in those days was writing it in a the scroll. They didn't have books. Can you write it just for a kid to learn? So, we're going to have in a few minutes. How was the Torah given? We all know Moshe went up to Hashem and learned the Torah in 40 days and 40 nights, right? But many parts of the Torah were given later on. In Arvasmo, the other places, over the 40 years that they were in the Midbar, Hashem gave in different parts of the Torah. How was it done? Did Moshe write down each parsha? He had like all kinds of scrolls. He's walking around with scrolls and scrolls this part, this part, uh, right? Or did he, and, uh, and at the end of 40 years, he wrote it, uh, he put it all together. He, you know, he tied them all together. Or did he learn the whole thing over the 40 years? And then at the end, he wrote it all down in one shot. So that's the machlok we're going to have in a few minutes. So this question, can a kid, can you write a little, uh, a, a few parshas, let's say, by era, for the children to learn from is a question according to both shitas. It's a according to one who says the Torah was given a Megillah at a time, meaning Moshe wrote down this one, then he wrote this one, then at the end of 40 years he tied them together. Or you could say it was, the Kash is according to the one who says that the Torah was given a one shot at the end. Since it was given piece by piece, piecemeal, let's call it given piecemeal, so you could write it also. Since the Torah was given that way, we can certainly write for teaching, for educational purposes, we could write it on a gill like that too for the kids. Oh, Dilma, even the Ibbik once it was given at the end of 40 years, it was tied up together, you know, sewn and tied and put it to one separate Torah. We don't split it up anymore. Then he says, You can ask a cash according to one who holds. The Torah, when it was given, when it was given, it came down as one scroll. It was it was studied and taught over 40 years, but it was given on scroll. Even the Chasum since it was given as one scroll at the end, and Kosmi, you don't write Parsha at a time, Odilma, or do you say, Kibin Kasfinin, otherwise, how are you going to teach the kids? There's no way you can write a whole Sefer Torah, just teach the kids for each class. So, Kibin Lo'Ev Shekasfinin, Amalei, Ein Kosvin, you don't write a Megillah by itself, Matam, Lefisha, Ein Kosvin. The reason is, is because once it was given as one Sefer Torah, once it's, we don't split it up. So, therefore, Lamaisa, you never find that the scroll of the Torah, the proper cloth, is give, you write it even one chumash at a time, or certainly not one parsha at a time. We have today books, you know, so the books are just, uh, you know, printed things are not the same. But you don't find that you write a whole, you write a whole parsha, like, or a or whatever, or a parak by itself. That's what we're saying, kosmatam, fishen kosm, once it was given as one unit, the Torah was given as one unit, we don't split it up. Ace faith. We find it is afhi asatabla helenia malka, we learn in Sota. You remember that the, by the Sota, they have to write a special parsha that you put in the water. Now, what they used to do is she would have like a uh, a form, uh, a tablet, made out of gold, parsha ready in case whenever they write a Sota, they didn't have to take out uh, a chumash, a whole Sefer Torah, and start finding it. She would have it ready over here, all the words that are in the parsha Sota, she would have it on her tablet, and they would just copy from the tablet onto a parchment. So you see, you do write a parsha at a time. Now this was made out of gold, and this is talking about writing it by hand, right? So you do find a parsha, even if it's not a proper Sefer Torah, they, he says you did, you did write it, you did write a parsha at a time, and presumably that's, that you should be able to do the same thing for the kids. 
So he's partial to lichtov mishum lichtov mishum partial to sabos. The more some mishum melakish mishum v'yani ba'alpes. It wasn't really written. It was written in abbreviations like aleph aleph bet. You know, just written. It didn't have all the words on there. You can't write a parsha by itself. The idea is that you're not allowed to write a parsha. How we do today with chumashim, etc. Again, it's pre-printed. It's not you, really when, you write, when, a, when a scribe writes the, the Torah, he right. writes a parsha. Yeah, right. But there his intention is to complete the whole thing. He's, he's in the middle of writing the whole thing. You were talking about your intention is just to write one parsha and stop. So he says, so how did the, how did how did uh, she write that when she wrote one parsha on the gold? The answer is that she didn't really write. Aisvei, she when the guy writes over the parsha of the sota roa, he looks on the form the coast of mashikasa betabla. See, it says Mashba, it is written all out there. It doesn't, it's not actually written on top of it. He writes according to what's on there, meaning he follows the abbreviation. All right, that's how you, that's one doch cancer, but he says, he looks at the tablet, which has got the, the base, you know, the basic, uh, the, the Sota words, and you write exactly what's written in the tabla. What is written in the tabla? The whole parish of there, if she slept with him, she didn't sleep with him. So it's mashma. The whole thing is written out in detail, every word, which shows that you could write a parsha by itself. It wasn't all straight, but it was rather skipped around. It was irregular. Meaning, Rashi explains that part of the words were written out in shachav lo shachav. A part were in abbreviated form, and therefore you didn't write a whole parsha by itself. Kitanoi. It's really a machlokas tanoim. This question. Tanakama says you can't write a a, a partial. Megillah for a child, unless you're planning to complete it. You're allowed to write a parsha. In other words, Rabbi says you're allowed to. In order for kids to, to learn, you can write from Bracious until the Dor Mabel, until Noah, and Vayikra, you can write out Vayibamashmin if you're learning the, if you're learning the uh, Karbonos. So he says that's Machlokas, whether you're allowed to write a portion for a child or not. Before we seem to see the Pesachim, I'm, I'm Le'en Kosvin. Because once it's all clean, you don't do it. But here it's mashmas and machlokas. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Here we have machlokas. How was the Torah given? Did Moshe have a bunch of small scrolls that he wrote each parsha down by itself as it was given to him, and later on they were joined together? David Melech said, you know, later on when David was appointed king, his uh, genealogy was questioned because uh, he came from Rusa Moabiyah. He said, listen, it's from a guy. So he sort of David Amel said, Ozamarti, then I said when I was found innocent, and I was found to be Jew, Hine Bossi, he come, here I've come. The Megillah Sefer back in Bracious, it was I was alluded to. Why? Because it says over there by uh, by uh, the daughters of Lo, who Mo, you know uh, Ruth came from from um, uh, from one of the sons, from one of his daughters. It says over there, as um uh, it says Hanim Tsaos. Right, it says so. He says, "Take this." So he said, he "said you know your daughters. They told Lo, your two daughters, Hanimsos, who are found there." And then it says, "Matzasi David Avdi." So it's like Xerushav from Nimsos to, to David Avelch. It says Matzasi to show that David says, "Back in Bracious, I was alluded to because my ancestor, right, who was from was uh, Moab, right? My ancestor was Moab because he came from Lo. Right, one of the daughters of Lo slept with him. One was uh, Moab." And he came, and Rus came from there, and he came from there. So he says, see, I was alluded to back in Bracious. And that's called the Megillah Sefer Kosovo. It's mashma in a Megillah. Even if it was written by a Megillah, like the Megillah of Bracious, Megillah of Noach, Megillah of Lech Lecha, he calls it Megillah Savramash, he says. But the point is that it's, 
It's called the Megillah. So he said that's a, that's a proof that the Torah was given Megillah at a time. It was given as one big unit. Take the whole Sefer Torah. What is the one who says it's written by? He was given Megillah. Megillah. What is Megillah? After it was joined together, then it was the Sefer Torah. But before, but then it's the Sefer Torah when it was all joined together. But originally, it was a bunch of Megillahs. The one who holds that the Torah was given as one unit, what does he do with Megillah Sefer? The whole Torah is also called the Megillah. Megillah means a Megillah, right? It means a scroll. But it doesn't just mean a partial scroll of the Sefer Torah. It could also mean the whole Torah. What do you see? I see a Megillah flying away, and then Megillah meant the whole Sefer Torah. So that's what, so so the one who holds it was given as one unit. The question is why is it called why does Dovmel call it a Megillah? Megillah is also could be the whole unit. Inami Levi. The even the one who holds it, it was given as as one unit at the at the time, meaning that Moshe didn't write scroll by scroll each and every parsha and then join them together, but it was he just, he just wrote the whole thing at the end together. Still, certain portions of it that related to the base of Megillah when the Mishkan was built, they needed that immediately. So as soon as the Mishkan was built in the second year of the uh, in the wilderness. They needed those halachas. So he says, And the day the Mishkan was set up, they needed eight parshios to teach us the laws that were necessary to know at the time of the Mishkan to, to, to function there. So they had to write that down, even though the Torah wasn't given till years later in completion. The Torah was given in completion, but and, and wasn't given like all the Torah was given McGill, you know, he had a bunch of scrolls, like the professor walks in with all the scrolls coming out of his, you know, it wasn't like that, and then he put them all together at the end. He wrote it as one unit at the end, but there were eight parshas that were necessary at the time the Mishkan was, was built. They had to know those halachas. What, Elohim, what are they? But he knew the halachas. He, didn't have to he knew the halachas. He knew the halachas, but he had to teach them to, to the Quran, and they had to write it down so that they could, they, everybody could learn them. You know, the Moshe had them, but they had to write them down. The objection comes from Elohim, Pashas Kohan, and Pashas Levim. The Kohan had to know their halachas, how to keep pure, how to do the avoda, Pashas Levim, how to sing, Pashas Tameim. If you're Tomei, uh, what do you do on your, on, uh, for Pesach? Pashas Shiloh Tameim, how to send away the Tameim from the. Because once they set up the Mishkan, they also had the Machana Kuna, Machana Levim, Machana Yisrael, so they had to know where they could stay if they were Tomei. Pashas Achremos, to teach you that you can't come into the base of Migdash. Right, if they were Shtuya Yain or whatever, right? That was why there was was bought by Yavol Eisel Kodesh. That's Achimos was necessary. Pasha Shtuya Yain. If they are drawing from Shmosi and Vayelch Nesru, that's I said it's for Achimos. Achimos is well been Arbish will be a Shlol Tzorch Nemra. Nemra so Al Yavol Bchayis. They can't. That's what Achimos teaches you. You can't just come into the Mishkan whenever you want. Shtuya Yain. If the Kohen Shtuya Yain, that they're also to do Avoda. Pasha Neiros. They had to have the Neiros in the base of Mikdash. Baloscha. Uh, which was necessary also to purify. The next day they did the parsha. That they, true, but, that they needed the money. They needed the money for for that. But apparently that they were the, the laws weren't so involved. That like you say, you could just tell them, you know, bring the money, bring the bring the gold, right, bring everything. But here the halachas, the, the details of the halachas, those they, those they wrote down. So even the one who holds it was given as one unit. It was moded that these eight parshas were given when they were necessary. Amar Torah wrote. So so we have this shaila, this machlokas. Was the Torah given in scrolls and then joined later on? It was given as one unit at the end. And we said the question, the real question is, can you write a partial scroll, a partial of a Torah, like one parsha? And this we seem to have a machlokas about where you can write a parsha for a child, l'islamit. Most of the lachas that we know are from what's written in the Torah, and they darshan, klalu prad, things like that. And some of it, and a, and a smaller portion, is a Torah Shabbat Shanema. 
I will write for him most of my Torah. Robi, most of the Torah. See, it was like it was like a strange thing, right? Meaning, I had to write the Sefer Torah down. When I wrote the Sefer Torah, the halachas were strange to him. So Rashi says here, Ruba of Torah Kliyub and Medrash right? Okay, so so that's one opinion. One opinion is that most of the Torah, most of the halachas in the Torah, we learn from Torah Shavuot. No, most of the halachas are written by are, are from Torah Shavuot. What we call the oral law, which was not written in Torah. And a smaller portion is what's written on Shnemar. Through the mouth, right? Through the words, the words of uh, because the mouth of these words, meaning things were given. Uh, um, the pasuk goes on. Um, you have it later. It's referred to later on. Karati uh, I made the I uh, I made the covenant with you through these through words of through words of the Torah See what the one who holds that is mostly Torah Most of the learned from Torah What does he do with? I've written down most of the Torah. How with he's like it's like it's a question mark. So Torah Am I going to write it most of the Torah? Hello, Kamozar Nechshavu. You consider it a strange thing. Even what I've given you is considered a strange thing. He wrote to Rossi, I'm supposed to write down most of it. Even the portion that I did write down, which is a smaller portion, is like a strange thing to them. They don't, they don't follow it. The one who says it's mostly written down, what does he do with? It's very difficult to learn them. It's very difficult to understand the whole thing. That's why he calls it we should, because I'll, it doesn't mean to say most of it's that way. It just means to say that the things that were given are hard to understand. Um, and therefore, that's why it's written, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's why, that's why it's about not to say that most of it's that way, just say that's the hardest part. So we have this Shiloh, whether most of the, most of the Lachs in the Torah are, are, are learned from the Torah of Sab, or mostly more from the Torah of Apeh. Darshav Nachmani, Nachmani, who is the Maturgma, the translator, of Rav Shemalakish Darshan, the following halacha. Ksivit says, Kasov l'chasat varmeila, write these words down. Pasuk and Shmos, write these words down. Ksiv, ki alpiat varmeila, through the mouth of these words, meaning, sounds like that they're all, it's not, a, it's not a good translation, the mouth of these words, but according to the way these words sound, alpiat varmeila, it's mashma, that it's Torah Shemalpeh. Okay, it said, so what, what is the rule? What is it, what is, the two things seem to be in contradiction. Ksovlachasar means you're supposed to write it down. Alpiyad Vermeil means you're not supposed to write it down. You're supposed to pass it on mouth to mouth. Okay, so Tvarshim Ksaviyat Torishoyelam and Alpet. Alpet. Famous halacha. Things that are written down, you're not to say Alpet. That means when you say Kriyashma, you're not supposed to say Kriyashma Alpet. You're supposed to say it from, from the sitter. Uh, the story that uh, the famous Rabbi Hertz, like the chief rabbi of Israel, would walk around with a chumish all day, with a little chumish, Tanakh. So whenever he had a quote of Pasuk, he would read it. Even though he knew the whole thing, he knew what he was going to say about Pet. Things from Biksav, you're supposed to, supposed to be written down. You're supposed to read them from Biksav. You're not supposed to say them Alpet. Varm Shabal Pet, right? Says this, Yat Tavishoy Lerom Alpet. Varm Shabal Pet, things that are Alpet, like the Torah Shabal Pet. Yat Tavishoy Lerom and Biksav. You're not supposed to read them Biksav, except that we would have forgotten everything. That's why we have the Gemaras, right? But otherwise, you're supposed to read them, you're supposed to say them Alpet. That's Aloha. Yat Tavishoy Lerom and Biksav. You're not supposed to. You're not, you're not supposed to write them down, right? You're not, you're not supposed to put them on paper. So things that are in the Torah, uh, you're not allowed to say. You're supposed to read them from the from the post, from the from the sitter, from the from the chumash, uh, and and things that are oral, 
you're not supposed to write them down. The Rebbe Shmuel learns a little bit differently. Eila, Eila atakosvi, atakosvi alochas. He learns that sov lechasad varma Eila, write these down. These you can write down. You're not supposed to write down the halachas, meaning all the lachlom uh, Sinai and all the other dvarm shabal peh. Amar liachnam. Lakaras hakadosh baruch hu bris in Yisrael el bishvil dvarm shabal peh. Hashem only made the covenant only because of Rav Shabbos. Without the Torah, without Torah Shabbos, we don't really know what the Torah Shabbos always means, right? So the Torah Shabbos explains the Torah Shabbos. The Torah Shabbos explains the Torah Shabbos. And says, if it wouldn't be for Shabbos, Hashem wouldn't have made a covenant. Where we talk about this refers to Torah Shabbos. I made a bris with Yisrael with you and with Yisrael. That time, Mishnah Mishnah said, "Ma'arvin ba'is Yashem ne'dak Hashem." That if they have the Arab in an apartment house or in a one a one house in a chatzer, they should always leave it in the same one. Because that some people shouldn't fight about it. So what's the question? It's my time. What's the reason? If it's because of kavod, that once it's in somebody's house, you don't take it away. Whenever you remove something, you're, get, you're taking away kavod. I used to be in charge, and I'm get, taking it away from you. That's like a lack of kavod. There was a chauffeur. It was originally that Mikara Bay Rav Yudah. When Yudah was the was the Rosh Shiva, it was in his house. Lubasov, when Rabbah took over after Yudah's time, it was moved to his house. Lubasov Bay Rav Yosef, Lubasov Bay Abaya, Lubasov Bay Rava. This was the order of of um, hmm? This is the order of the Rosh uh, of the Rosh Yeshiva, right? That first Rav Yudah was Rosh Shiva, then you had uh, then you had uh, Rabbah. And then Rabbi Yosef, and then Abayi, then Rabbah. That was the order of succession that one took away after the other, and you move the chauffeur from one to another. Rashi has two pshat, and one is that's a regular chauffeur. Which chauffeur are we talking about? The chauffeur that they blew air of Shabbos, that they blew to let people know that it's time for Shabbos. Right? We have that today also here in Eretz Yisrael. Shavtkias of Shabbos. That uh, that was that chauffeur. Another pshat is that the chauffeur was like the charity box. You know, like the chauffeurs in the basement that they put the coins in. But in any case, you see it was moved around. Elamishum chashada. Not because of cover. It's not, not because of a lack of cover. You can move it from one to another. The custom could have been that, uh, you know, like you see by, by cover, that they did move it from one to another. It was Dafka learned it that way, that it wasn't disrespectful to take out of one house. It was respectful to put it in the house of wherever the Rosh Hashiva was. So for cover, that wasn't the reason. The reason is because of Kshad, because person coming visiting will see the, says the air was always in this house, comes the next year to visit on his next collection trip, whatever he comes there. It's not there anymore. So it'll be Hosha that they're not using an air that's why, because people always know it's there, and then they think it's not there. So that's the reason why you don't move it around. Borsho Karavlam. So here we get into the irrigation issues. So we said that uh, they had an irrigation ditch, a, a uh, reservoir, that it was, if it was near the river, it was, the, it was near the, um, the channel. They had a channel that leading from the river. So one of the Akasholim is, he said, was that a bore, a bore, that's near the channel, you fill that one up first and they dock the shalom. It was, that was the order, the one that one that's near. So here we had, where I was going to bring down different opinions. Borshukar Vama, Itmar, B'nai Nahara, people from the river, Ravamar Tesoi Shasamaya Bresha, Ushmulamar Eloi Shasamaya Bresha. People live along a river. Who are in, who's entitled to deflect or uh, uh, to deflect the water from the river onto their territory to fill their uh, irrigation ditches and to water their, their, their uh, lands. So who's, who's entitled to divert the water first? Is it the people upstream or downstream? Rob says it's the people downstream, the soy Bresha. People downstream uh, are entitled to take the water first. So they could tell the people upstream, you should not divert the waters or dam up the waters. Let the waters come up first. 
then after we, we've done it, then you can dam it off and divert the waters to you. So Rav says the people downstream are entitled first. Shmuel Omer, Eloi, Sash, The people upstream take it first. But Amazel, if the water it just goes, flows freely, and nobody diverts the water, everybody's along the river, you're along the Mississippi there, and everybody takes water off. It's normal, and it, and it, it doesn't affect the flow. Everybody just, you know, they might take a, a little, uh, they might get some buckets, or they might get a hose, or whatever they do, and, and it doesn't affect the big flow of the water. So, there's no problem. Anybody can take as they need. The, the point was that when the water didn't flow so freely, it didn't come so strong, and the only way to divert the waters was to dam it up and then, and then irrigate it that way by damming things up. So the question who goes first, Shmuel, Amri, Loi, Shasumai, Beresha, the upper people, Shmuel says the upper people take first, Amri, and Amri community, we're closer to the source of the water. We're all the way up in Minnesota, right? We're up by the water. We, we're entitled to the water. We're, we're, we're there first. We're closest, so we should get first. The lower ones get first. The Amri, let the water go by itself. You know, you, you, you up, the upper people, in order for you to get the water, you've got to dam it up first, right? You've got to divert it, set it all up. That's not natural. Let the water come down to us first. We're down in Louisiana. Let the water come to us in the normal way. Oh, once we're done, once we've irrigated, then you could divert what you need. So these are the two different opinions, Rav and Shmuel. Tanana, do we have a proof from our Mishnah? If you have an irrigation ditch or a reservoir which is near the channel of water, the one that's near there gets first and they should make that the upper ones get first, right? The one that's closest to the source of the river gets first. Even though Shmuel argued with the Rav, Shmuel gave an answer. According to Rav, he'll say, how will Rav learn over here? That's different. There it's speaking about, and Amish is speaking about where the channel goes right next to the guy's reservoir. Then he can go first, right? Then he goes, but if it doesn't go right next to the reservoir, it's got to, you let the bottom guys, the downstream people go first. That's how he learns it. Obviously he's there first if he's right, if, his, if the, one, if the uh, river runs right next to his uh, reservoir, of course he can take it right away. They could tell him the people from the lower Downstream could tell him, "Schar mischar, you should, you should, um, uh, you should dam it up." In other words, you should dam it up and just take in the normal way. In other words, it's not fair that the river runs right on your reservoir, so the water just pours right in there, right? So of course, so so of course, he's there first because you might think the lower people could say, "Listen, it's not fair. We we all have we all have to share the river." It happens to be that you built your reservoir or your ditch is right on the river. So you should stop it up. In other words, you should, you should uh, you know, stop, uh, close off the mouth damn of your... Dam, dam it up or close off your reservoir. Now, it's yeah. not, dam, not, yeah, not damn the river, but the close way. up the reservoir. Close, it, right, close the reservoir and then just take water like everybody else. Either we, you know, we shovel it out, we, we bucket it out or whatever. We just take a little bit at a time. Be like everybody else. A limited amount of water, that's that's right, that's right. When there's, when you want to right away, when there's no limit, let's say you're on the Mississippi when it's really flowing and there's no plenty for everybody, it's no problem. The problem is... The same thing is when happening on Colorado, the Colorado River. It's, big, it's drying up. The big fight there between the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over who's, yeah it's been going on for a few years already, yeah. right? Because they're expecting it. To, it's drying up. Yeah. It's drying up. And so it's because of the, the... That's with the dam, right? That's with the dam? 
or without, you know. They're supposed to all share, but they have a treaty or something. The Hoover Dam was built, the Hoover Dam there was built because otherwise there would have been no water for Arizona and all those places down That's where they built it. But now they're having a problem with the Colorado River. This is what happens. This is this. The Gemara's not didn't make up stories. This is what happened. If you have a, the, you know, there was a time when the Jordan River was no problem. Now the Jordan River is hardly a river. So you can understand if you could see if there were if there would be an issue with people along the river looking for to irrigate their field from there, you could see fights would break out. So that was the point. Who was entitled to first? So I might say that if he, his ditch was right on the river. So the people below could say, listen, it's not fair, you're right on the river. Stop up your ditch or your reservoir and then take like everybody else. Kamash Malay can't say that. He's up there, he's up there. So our Mishnah is not really approved because you can say our Mishnah is speaking about where the guy's right on the river. But if it's not right on the river and everybody has to divert water, who's entitled to? The lower people or the upper people? The Lach is not like Rav or the one. He says that even though normally Paskin did him like Shmuel, he didn't Paskin that way. So he said that um, he says, right? He says, he says, uh, um, right? Cold on Kvar, Rashi says, but less Hilchasa, but less Laydilchasa Kishmuel Badine. We all normally, the Allah is like Rav when it comes to Yisrael, like, like Shmuel when it comes to Dinim, money matters. But here, Rav Tachlib, uh, Rav Huna, Rav Tachlib says that Allah was not said like, like Rav or like Shmuel. Who gets, who's, who has, the, who has the rights to divert the water first, the upper people, the lower people? Cold on Kvar, whoever's stronger. Can prevail. That's all. All in fact, we don't. Sometimes Allah is not. We don't. We can't paskin one way or another. So whoever stronger, we'll take it. If she barashi has to come to buy it, come to buy it. If she came visit a buy, Omer lay lustan mar Can you make a seder with me? Can you sit down and learn with me? Can we have a regular seder every morning ten o'clock? Can you sit down and learn with me? Omer lay isli idno diti. I got my own learning session. Then that's when I. That's when I'm devoted to myself. I can't. I have to prepare the shear. Then that's when I learn in the morning. So let's remember, I wanted, so why don't we learn at night? The Rabbi of Kanai said yesterday, the Gisim of Yom Valai is supposed to learn morning and night. So can you learn with me at night? I'm late. Isli Mashku at night, I've got to irrigate my field. I can't, I'm busy and I'm working. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to lay Lamar, my. I'll take care of your field during the day. I'll, I'll water day. We'll listen to Marble Island. We'll learn together at night. I'll solve your problem. I'll do the work for you during the day. I'm going to Okay, good. So I said, okay, good. I'll learn with you at night. And, um, and during the day, I learn myself. You 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 uh, you irrigate my field along with you at night. Also, Leloy. So this Rashi Barashi made a trick. He went to the upper people, the people upstream, Amalu, to Soisha Samaibresha. The lower people have to get first. That's what Rav said. Also, say then he went to the people below him. He wasn't at the bottom or the top. He was in the middle. So he told the upper people, now Allah is that the lower people get first. That's Rav, right? And then he went to the lower to the lower people. Amalu said to him, Eloi Samaibresha. According to Shmuel, the upper people get first. And that's why he was able to dam it up first, because he, he excluded everybody else. Adahachi, Sachar, Mishar. Meanwhile, he diverted the water, he dammed it up, and he diverted the water of Ashkenazi, and, and he irrigated a field of a bike. He also came in a bike when he came for a bike to learn with him. I guess that was the first thing he told them at night when they sat alone together. Amalei, so Abai was very upset to learn what he had done. Amalei could betray, obviously, either Pasan like Rav or Shmuel, but you're using both Rav and Shmuel. For your own purposes, to, to, to divert water that way first. He never touched from the fruits of that year. He says he didn't want to have any pleasure from what Rabbi Shimarashi is. He doesn't say whether he kicked him out as a chavrusa. Maybe he was a tzaddik and he kept him a chavrusa to teach him the right way to do things. But Rabbi didn't want to have any enough from that because he felt that Rabbi Shimi had acted improperly. Hanubei Charmach, it was a city, people from that city, the Ozul Karu Bereisha, the Shimvisa. Shimvisa was a famous river. 
and they dug in the river, Vadure, they dug in the river, meaning they diverted the river. The river, let's say, went north and south, and they were on the side, and they diverted the river to go around their field so that they should irrigate their field. Vadure Vishadu Bishili Nara. Then at the bottom, they, at the bottom of the river, they went and they diverted it back. In other words, they made a bypass, what we call a bypass road. What is a bypass? Instead of going straight, it goes around and then comes back to the original place. So here, Vashad Bishili at the end of the, Eshilhei means at the end, now they, they, they diverted it back. Also, the people who were above him, the people who were above the people of Hermesh, uh, who also got their irrigation from that river, came for by Amulei, Kamaskil and Harim. He stopped up the river. What do you mean he stopped up the river? Because as soon as the river gets diverted, it, 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 when it comes to a, a turn, it slows down, right? It's not coming with full force. So it's, it's, they're, they're slowing down the river, right? Um, uh, so, uh, and, and what if it slows up the river? When it slows up the river, the river can't keep going, and therefore it backs up, and then our fields get flooded. You know, you need irrigation, but you don't want to get flooded. It's flooding our fields because it's not it's not passing fast enough. So it happens with the Mississippi when it does when it doesn't go down fast enough, right? It gets over, right, it starts, it, it, it backs up and overflows and and, and floods. Because that's what's happening over here. So you know what? So dig a little deeper where they diverted it off. Dig it deeper so that the water will be able to come with more force, right? Have more force there, and then you want the problem. Yeah, but if we dig deeper. And then let's say there's a, there's a season with very little snow or very little water, the, 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 the riverbed will be deeper down, and then it won't irrigate our fields properly. It'll be too far down. It'll be to the, the water level will be so far down that it won't irrigate our fields. So he then turned to the Bnei Chema, who had diverted the river. Zilu, go, Salika take away yourself. In other words, go, undo what you did. You diverted the water. Whenever you try to divert things, things go bad. You know, they always try to, they, when they empty the, the Hula Valley, you know, to get rid of the mosquitoes and other problems. Now they're talking about re-flooding re, re it, you know. Because when you, when you mess with nature, you know, sometimes they find it necessary, right? The dams have brought irrigation and stuff. But, but there's, always, uh, there's always what they call a... Um, in, in medicine, a uh, tosefet levai or something, right? Or some tofa uh, tofa tof, levai, right? Some side, uh, you know, uh, side effect. You know, it's, uh, there's always effects when you mess around with it. So you told them to go back in that case. But just one more line. We said normally traps, right? The, the, you know, if you, tra- if you set out a trap and you ca- and you catch a fish or an animal or whatever. So the question is, it's yours, yours, not. Well, you didn't make a kinyan in it, in a So it says over there. People shouldn't fight, you let them have it. If a guy set up a trap, even though he didn't acquire it physically to make a Kenyan, but if there's an animal or a fish or something in there, you've got to let them have it, they dark a shalom. So the Gemara says, Ba'ozli Ba'ori, if they are uh, like uh, this, these are traps that have like a bottom to it. Rosh says, nets of either of threads. The first one is Ozli, is a net of thread, or Ori is of gummy, it means of, uh, of, um, of uh, bulrushes or. or, or um, you know, bushes uh, where it's very thick. You know, most of these things are very thick so that if an animal or a fish gets caught in there, you made a kinyan on it because it has a receptacle to it. Then there's the kuliamalopligan. Everybody agrees that that's stealing. In other words, if I set a trap that has a bottom to it, has a receptacle to it, and an animal falls in my trap, that's my cleat. I acquired it. I don't need a halacha of dark shalom. It's mine. You stole it from me. It's like it was in my yard, right? Kipligi belechi v'kuk. We're talking about lechi. Lechi Rashi says is a chakel like a fishing hook, 
like a fishing rod. You caught it with a fishing rod or a cookery, Rashi says, or uh, other other kinds of of um, traps. They would put a they put a, like a long uh, a thread, a long string on the nar, and then they put little needles in there. Oh, they cool it. They, 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 another way that they used for trap. But the point is, it wasn't a receptacle. That's the point. When I, I set up a trap that doesn't have a receptacle to it, so there, there's a machloka. That's the machlokas. That the Tanakhama says in Dr. Shalom, and Rabbi Yossi adds. So I know even more than that. It's actually Gezel Gomer. But the Gemara is going to say that it's Gezel Gomer It's not really Gezel. It's just Medivrayim. We'll see the Nachmina tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem. Tomorrow we'll start at the usual time of 5.30. Okay? Usual time of 5.30. Okay, we'll go back to 5.30 now for a while and see how that goes.